if you're one of the millions who own one of them gas-drinking, piston clanking, air-polluting, smoke-belching, four-wheeled buggies from Detroit City, then pay attention. I'm about to sing your song, son. Welcome back to the second hour of the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> right here on ESPNTucson.com. 14.90 AM, 104.9 FM. And yes, we do have podcasts going on uh, Spotify, Sketches, and of course ESPN Tucson. There's one other one that I can come up with in a minute. However... There's a little news blip that I read coming out of Motor News Alert that I thought was very interesting. I am very interested in electric cars. And one I think is pretty cool. I, I would like to see the uh, solar car, but that ain't going to be around for a little while. But I've got an article here that I'm going to read to you because you're interested in it. I'm interested in it. Jim may be interested in it. Biden administration setting the stage for electric vehicles. Proposed rule from the Environmental Protection Agency would be a return to Obama Air emissions regulations. Okay, uh, President Joe Biden, a self-proclaimed car guy, has been very vocal on his intent to cut greenhouse gas emissions by at least half by 2030. And on his goal to transition the United States to an electric vehicle future. According to the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency, which is the EPA, the U.S. transportation sector is currently the single biggest contributor to greenhouse gases. Mm-hmm. President Biden is expected to make a major step toward the climate change goals soon in the form of tightening tailpipe emission standards. The proposed rule from the Environmental Protection Agent would be a return to Obama emissions regulations. At the time, the Obama administration's clean car standards were the most ambitious in history. Now, nearly 10 years later, President Biden is looking to enact standards that may even go above his Democratic predecessor. Reports indicate that the Biden administration is looking to make a 5% increase in the mileage standard by 2025. People, this is 2021 matching Obama standards, and then go for higher vehicle model years, 2026, maybe in the range of 6 to 7%. During his four-year term, President Donald Trump made it a priority to roll back many public health and environmental regulations that he saw as restrictive to the nation's consumers. Among these were the requirements for fuel efficiency vehicle and an increase in the cap for greenhouse gas emissions. 
After four years of loser standards, environmental groups said that the United States is in a dire circumstance to reverse climate damages and to de decrease greenhouse gas emissions. Some groups, such as the Center for Biological Diversity and the Sierra Club, say that the Biden proposal standards do not go far enough. The president is walking a fine line between attacking climate change and satisfying the automotive industry where many are pushing for a slower transition to electric vehicles. Current electric vehicle sales make up for only 2% of the total vehicle sales in the United States. So far this year, more than three-quarters of U.S. new vehicle sales were trucks, vans, and SUVs, which all tend to be less fuel efficient and more affordable for the consumer. Many auto companies, such as General Motors, have made the pledge to transition to all-electric vehicle sales as soon as 2035. However, environmental groups are concerned that these promises may fall short if the consumer market fails to reflect a demand for electric vehicles. One of the main concerns about the transition to electric vehicles is the lack of a national network of EV charging stations. Consumers suffer from range and anxiety. The concern that their electric vehicles would not be suitable for road trips and locating charging station would be too taxing. A major step toward remedying this issue is included in the much-debated infrastructure plan currently making its way through the lawmaking process. President Biden proposed at the beginning of this year, his ambitions, America Job Plan, which would make record investments in transitional and non-transitional infrastructure areas, including in this proposal, was a plan for 550 million new EV charging stations across the U.S. However, this plan faces significant opposition on size and scope, which many lawmakers state that the plan was too expensive and too broad. This week, the U.S. Senate voted to proceed on a bipartisan infrastructure framework that includes portions of the president's plan. The infrastructure framework has a total price tag of $550 billion, including $7.5 billion in funding for new EV charging stations. This amount is roughly half of the President Biden's original proposal, but it's still a huge investment in all electric vehicle future. It still remains to be seen what the final infrastructure plan will include as lawmakers work on bills, techs in the next couple of weeks. However, the focus on electric vehicle investments as well as the impeding EPA greenhouse gas rulemakings are clear indicators of the focus on the increasing electric future. I thought that is something that you need to know because it's going on right now. And that's something that the garage owners need to know. I need to know it. The Parker needs to know it. Brian Fuller needs to know it because these things are coming down the lines. Um, and, uh, you know, the latest, latest stat I got out of California is one out of five electric vehicle owners are trading their vehicles to get something else other than electric vehicles because it's such a pain in the butt to get 
the mileage out of them that they're used to getting. You pull into electric charging station, it takes you 30 minutes to get a charge. You pull into gas pumps, it takes you three minutes to fill up your tank. It's a convenience issue. So that's what's going on with the electric vehicles. And I told you I would report it as soon as I get this stuff in. And and I'm doing my best to try to keep up with what's going on for you because it does take a little bit of time. So, Jim, have you ordered your electric vehicles? Uh, no, I, I did not. The electric electric medium-duty trucks won't be available to 2023. So if even if I wanted to be proactive, I couldn't get one. Um, very interesting, did, Jerry. That's, uh, that's a wealth of information. Didn't you check? Um, didn't you check out on some of the prices on your big rigs for electric? Oh yeah, a medium a medium duty truck starts at four hundred thousand dollars for uh, without a yeah. without a body. When you buy a when you buy a tow truck, you don't buy they don't sell it to you. General Motors doesn't uh, sell you the truck complete. You have to buy what's called a cabin chassis, which is basically the cab of the truck with right. the frame, and then you take it to a builder and they put the body on like a box truck or a boom truck or a, like a, a bucket truck and you you get your body put on there and then you or your propane truck uh, and then you go on with life yeah. interesting that interesting that you said all that jerry um the um uh the 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 i guess if we're going to have cars that only go 300 miles we'll be very regional we won't we won't be traveling back and forth the road trip will go away. Um, the, the other thing that people don't even think about, and this is a very hot, very hotly debated topic because nobody knows how to handle it. In my world, with trucks, I'm required to report all the miles I drive. And the reason why is because when we drive, the states share information about how much fuel I consume and how many miles I drive in each of their states. So when I drive from Arizona into New Mexico with a truck, I have to have three things. I have to have permission. You can't just drive across the state lines in a commercial vehicle. It's against the law. You have to have you have registration and you have to have a fuel permit. Okay, so when you drive a truck, a little bit out there for everybody that probably wow. maybe don't know this. So. As part of our normal quarterly reports that we do, we pay um, what's called a fuel tax, and we pay it to um, every state that we drive in if we're driving in a different state, and we um, based on the number of miles that we drive in each state. So when we buy fuel in Arizona, a portion of that fuel um, money that we spend, the portion of the tax that's collected, goes to another state because we drove on their roads. So we drove, for example, okay. we drove into New Mexico and we drove 200 miles, so we pay a portion of our fuel tax over to New Mexico so that they can keep the roads going. You, Everybody mm-hmm. does it. It's built into the fuel price. When you're not buying gas, there's no way to do that. There's no fuel tax because it's electric. So there is either going to have to be an electric tax for how much you charge your car, or the current thought is there's going to be a mileage tax. Now, the mileage tax, how do we how do we figure out how many miles people drive? Boy, that sounds like a, a debacle just waiting to happen. So 
So mm-hmm. for 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 the average consumer, I couldn't imagine trying to write down the beginning and the end of the month every single time I drove, you know, 200 miles back and forth to work. So I could tell the, the federal government or the state of Arizona that I drove 500 miles this month, and therefore I owe um, 500 miles worth of tax. That ain't gonna happen, right? Because well, nobody's nobody's gonna take that. Nobody's gonna take on that burden. So what we're gonna do is we're going to install in your car if it isn't already there, especially the new cars. We're gonna install a tracking system. Wow! Now they get to see where I go all the time. So for all the conspiracy theorists, yes, they do get to see you, and you gave them permission to do so. Um, because you got in the car and you turned it on and they say, look, we're going to tell you exactly how far you went and they're going to send you a report at the end of the month and they're going to say, oh, by the way, um, you drove 500 miles, Jerry, and we're going to tax you for that. Mm-hmm. And you got two options. We're either going to take it out of your electric bill or you're going to send us a check. Odds are they're going to take it out of your electric bill or some other, some other way that something else that you have to pay in order to survive, mm-hmm. your, could be your water bill, could mm-hmm. be your, could be you know, could be any any your gas bill, your your natural gas bill, anything that you're going to pay to live. Because if it's, if they're going to re- re- rely on you to send them a check, a lot of people are going to be like, yeah, I couldn't do it this month, so I just could. I can I catch you next month on that? And they're the yeah, there you go. State, the state governments are going to be yeah, well, not really, not going to be very happy about that. Now, something I'm not quite clear on, and I understand that Arizona was kicking this around up in the legislature for a while, said if your electric car is going to run on the roads and you're tearing up the roads too, why aren't you paying a road tax? And so if I remember correctly, they added something like $250 to the registration of an electric vehicle. But I'm not Correct. clear on that. You know, it may be something I just read. I didn't know if it actually went into law. Do you know anything what? about that? Or is anybody out there listening, 719-1490, that know what the deal is with this? If you own an electric vehicle, is it true that you have to pay an, an additional $250 as a road tax in order to use the roads in the state of Arizona? Uh, now, I know that the Volvo truck is coming out with electric truck, they already have it. That's the big over-the-road jobber. So if they run on the road, uh, yeah, the reporting and this is going to be another accounting problem uh, or accounting issue. But there is all sorts of stuff. And people are saying, well, if you get an electric car, it's cheaper to operate. Well, I beg to differ with you because I have checked it out with some pretty high-up people and they say, actually, you're saving the planet, the greenhouse gases and stuff like this. Other than that, by the time it boils down, that includes depreciation of the vehicle that you're, that you're actually driving, the initial cost of the vehicle that you're driving, even though the federal government's going to give you $7,500 to buy it. Uh, and that's a, another sticker because somebody has to pay the $7,500. And, you know, the person driving it has bought the car. The person driving it has taken advantage of the $7,500. But when that car depreciates, that $7,500 comes off the top. And so the trade-in on a used uh, electric vehicle 
you know, those those things are fairly inexpensive once you pick up a used one. And I'm going, wow, wow. So when you get ready to go buy your electric vehicle, and I'm telling you, I think that's the coolest thing in the world, but you can buy electric cars right now on the market that go 600 miles. But trust me, you're going to pay that a lot of money to protect the environment, which is, I don't have a problem with that. If you can afford the Tesla and go 600 miles, you go ahead and get it. There's a lot of cars now coming up from overseas, like the Beamers and, and Mercedes, that have electric vehicles that have higher mileage on them. Even Fords and Chevrolets now are coming up with some stuff with some more mileage on them. But <clears throat> the bigger the battery, the more mileage you get, guess what? The more you pay for that vehicle. Now, Tesla even come out with one that you can buy for about 35000 or something like that that gets uh, around 350 miles per charge. Well, when you're driving out across the country, a lot of you will, if you've got the infrastructure, and Tesla has a system in their dash that tells you, in fact, most of the electric cars now have a map in the dash that tells you where your next station is to be charged up. <coughs> So you thinking, okay, I'm down to a quarter, I can just drive it, and then when it runs out, I'll just pull in in like a gas station and fill it up. Not now you won't. You have to know exactly where these stations are, and they've got a good map on it that tells you where they're at, and you can normally go from point A to point B. But when you get there, remember, depending on the charging system that you have on your car, how long are you going to be plugged in? If you go to the 440, the Stage 3 that they have out on the freeways, they've got one in Phoenix, halfway to Phoenix. That thing will fully charge up to, I think, 70% in 30 minutes. <clears throat> we had a guy call call the show one time and said it only cost him like $7.80 to charge it up. And he only had to sit there 30 minutes. That's pretty doggone good going from here to Phoenix and back. And so that's not that big of a deal. But you have everything, and I have heard all of the arguments over the years about, well, what about the generators that actually produce the electricity to charge this thing up? Are they coal-fired? Are they propane-fired? You know, that costs money. So, yeah, and the overall thing on those electric cars is, yeah, you get an electric car, you get to feel good about saving the planet and stuff like that. However, the cost between that electric car and the uh combustible engine car is almost identical. When the smoke clears, you were driving good, somebody has to pay for this thing. And if you're driving on the roads in Arizona, Texas, Carolina, Virginia, uh, L.A., Nevada, uh, somebody needs to be paying taxes for that weight of that vehicle to actually go on the road. That's what concerns me about the 18-wheelers and the amount of money that they're going to have to pay in addition to the 400000 plus. I mean, are the people going to be – and if you look at that and keep an open mind about this, there is no free rides. If you charge an additional uh, – if you charge an – they say, oh, corporation has got to pay more taxes. Let me tell you what a corporation does. A corporation, all they are is a tax collector for the federal government. And don't let anybody tell you the difference because that's a fact. 
They pass it. Oh, we'll charge the corporations. The corporations have stockholders. The stockholder says, I want this corporation to make money. You sell a widget for $5, and all of a sudden you've got a 25% increase in the cost of your operation. Guess who pays that? The consumer does. Corporations do not have the money. They are a tax collector. You want to pay more for a product? Okay, pay more for a product. You know, that's entirely up to you. You're not going to have a choice because they're going to pass it on to big business, and big business is going to pass the cost on to you. That's the way it's been forever, and I've been in business 45 years. And so when you look at that and you say, okay, well, the cost, the cost. You know, I've got, I'm getting $7,500 of Jim's money to buy my little electric car. And Jim's going to go, holy cow, you know, but people, that's the way it works. But just remember, when that car devalues and the valuation goes down on it, that $7,500 comes off the top of that car. So is it? do you think the manufacturers, knowing that there's going to be a $7,500 gift from Uncle Sam taxpayers to buy this car, uh, somebody's got to pay for it. And as the cost goes up for corporation, the cost of the product goes up to the consumer. The consumer is always, always will be the taxpayer that funds all of this. The government does not have money. It's our money, and they can give it away like they want to. They can call it anything they want to, but it's still our money. So, you know, looking at the cars, we had a gentleman on, I think, from the University of Arizona, what, about a month ago or something, they was talking hybrids versus electric. And he said, I would prefer the hybrid. Well, I'd prefer the hybrid, too. And hybrid is not quite as expensive as an electric. However, you have the advantage of that little motor sitting in there, the gas-burning motor, that that works and saves the catalytic converter so the thieves can steal your catalytic converter off of it. <laughs> but you have electric. The electric regenerates as you're driving a car. So, and that's the reason the hybrids are a little more popular than electric vehicles right now. Now, what do you got to say about that, Jim? Okay, so to answer your question, it's it's four dollars per hundred in the state of Arizona to register an electric vehicle. So, for example, a forty thousand dollar car would cost you an additional hundred and sixty dollars on your registration. Okay, does that make sense? Will that cover the road? Will that cover the road, Texas? Okay. All right, Probably we've got a not. caller. Let's go to the caller and see who we got. Uh, we got Rick online, one, Jerry. All right. Well, Rick, good morning. Welcome hey, to ESPN. Hey, hey, hey. It, it's Vic, V-I-C, not Rick. <laughs> oh, my bad, Vic. Oh. <laughs> Vic. That is correct, sir. All right. I, yeah. I'll blame that on me, uh, Andrew. Okay, buddy, uh, what let you me got? Ta- let, let, let me turn my speaker off, okay, on my phone. The, uh, yeah, the, or the, well, just a second. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know where it went. Anyway, I was just going to talk to you. I'm from, I'm originally, I was born over on the East Tennessee, North Carolina border. And when I got out of the service, mm-hmm. I went to work down uh, a few years later. I went down to work at Oak Ridge, Tennessee, and I worked in that nuclear processing to make reactor fuel. And I'm still a proponent of the nuclear uh, reactors. 
Mm-hmm. We have. Hello? Are we still, still there? there? Yeah, I'm yeah, still I'm here. Still There's here. something on with the phone. <laughs> yes. Something, but, something trying to blow up. Well, it is sunshine yeah. today, so it could be anything. <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. And I have nuclear, and nuclear I power. Have, go ahead. I, yes, and I've also been, I've also been up to strip mines for coal. I've seen all that, but nuke mm-hmm. seems to be if you have the correct control systems, and we have so much mm-hmm. better technology than we did in the seventies and eighties, as far as monitoring and control mechanisms. That I don't see mm-hmm. why. This country isn't going on to more like some of Europe's countries into using nuclear and get away from the uh, compressed natural gas and the uh, coal-fired. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think about that? <laughs> I, I think that the only problem you have with that would be the infrastructure. How am I going to fill up my? How am I going to fill up my vehicle? I mean, what is the problem? I don't know what kind of deal they can put on a car. I am totally ignorant, meaning lack of knowledge or stupid, however you want to call it, to the what, how they're going to build these things. Now, there's a lot of uh, aftermarket stuff, uh, aftermarket, a lot of research into the different fuels that you can run in a car. I know that the U.S. of A. has an unlimited supply of propane, all right? And correct propane, uh, originally when I was installing dual fuel systems on vehicles, propane started out to be about 30 cents a gallon cheaper than gasoline. After about a year and a half of converting vehicles over to propane because it was a much more efficient fuel, much cleaner burning fuel, uh, and the price was down, uh, all of a sudden the price on the propane went up to the same price as gasoline. But the problem being, propane was 20% less efficient as far as running miles per gallon as the gasoline. So it turned upside down on the price of the propane in these vehicles, which was a clean burning. I took my dual fuel through the emissions. I run it through twice. I run it through on gasoline. Well, I hooked it up to my own emissions equipment. Hooked it up to the emissions and run it on propane hooked it up to the emissions on a well-tuned 428 motor, Ford motor, big block Ford, and it was like two-tenths difference. That was it on a perfectly tuned running engine. Now, anything that's not perfectly tuned, which is most of them out there, is going to have a more fuel consumption than the other one. It's going to blow more hydrocarbons and stuff like that out of the exhaust pipe. So... Correct. But if you're going for the fuel that we have unlimited supply of, at least that's the information I got on the in the U.S., you can put the propane in these systems. It's a very clean running. It's very quiet running. Uh, a lot of your old uh, big block engines that sit out here that uh, do for irrigation systems on these ranches and stuff was propane mainly because you can pull a propane engine apart, and it has nothing on the inside. It looks like it's brand new. That's how clean, clean. propane works. 
but I yeah. don't know. I don't know what happened. I don't know why people got away from it, other than the fuel uh, fuel prices. The big big corporations said, "Okay, we still got to make money because we have our investors that we have to take care of, and that is what they do. That's what they're supposed to do." Okay, I can buy that, and but. You've got a good product out there that once it's in and tuned, even with a dual fuel system, and a dual fuel system, you tune it up to run the best on propane. Then you take what's left and run it on gasoline, and the gasoline turned into be an auxiliary fuel. What I found out by converting these things in these pickups and the light-duty trucks is Oh, well, propane's a pain in the butt because you can't get it every place. So, you know, what I'll do is I'll just run it. Ah, I'm about out of propane, so I'll just switch it over to gasoline. And they go to gasoline. Well, gasoline was more convenient to run than the propane. And so people start, and plus, there was no longer a, uh, a dollar advantage. And so people got away from the dual fuel systems, which they, they forget that the Propane runs cleaner in the engines. You're talking about, I, I've been talking about carbon buildup, carbon motor vac systems yeah. on engines. Well, if you run propane, you don't need a motor vac system because there's no carbon buildup on it. They're just that clean. So, you know, I, I just haven't seen the downside of the propane. But yet, now we're going into electric. I think electric's absolutely superb. But I'm concerned about okay. Are they going to are they going to increase my homeowners' uh, taxes to pay for road constructions, or are they going to get it adjusted where the people, as Jim was saying, is four dollars per cost of vehicle uh, per hundred, four dollars per hundred based on cost of vehicle, and um, yes, I just I, I don't get it. But yeah. The nuclear energy and stuff, oh, heck yeah. But I don't know how they would get it applied to the motoring public. Well, I mean, what are you going it, to do? It is, it, well, it's still it's electric, big, big electric generating systems. Mm-hmm. They they make no CO2, but there is a waste product right. that you have to get rid of. Right. But that's just, you know, it so just bothers me that we aren't using that that type of energy where Europe is using it now. In a lot of countries, uh huh. That's about all uh, I want to say. Is it is it, it just that uh, is it ju- we, it is a clean, no CO two. It's heat. It's heat and water vapor. Yeah. Unless you have a, a three mile the the what what is that uh, what was that movie? Oh, well, years ago, it scared the crap out of people. Uh, the China on, uh, oh, like, yeah. Uh, yes, the China syndrome. Yeah, that scared the heck out of people. And uh, but yeah. I just say, you know, I'm just still a proponent of nuclear energy. That's about it for I th- cleanliness. I I think that you're <clears throat> spot on as far as cleanliness. Uh, the only question I would have, being a devil's advocate, is uh, Jerry's going to buy one of these vehicles, and where am I going to get it serviced? Where am I going to get it? Uh, where am I going to get the fuel? Uh, what additional responsibilities is it putting on the manufacturers in order to manufacture these vehicles to run on that? And so there's just a, I see it down the road, a long way down the road. Uh, but it's like electric. 
when when I said electric, electric does not come cheap. You've got to have some way to make electric to even charge your house. You know, you look at the yeah. generators in Tucson. We got Tucson Electric Power. How do they generate their electric? It's coal powered, and now it's propane. So, yeah, and this stuff is still around and doing well. People seem to omit that when they're pumping this stuff out, saying, "Okay, well, we can just get that, plug it into your home." Okay, so we're going to plug it into the home, and then that's going to require more juice going out to the homes. And what happens with these brownouts like they're having in California? They have brownouts yeah. in California. They lose electricity, and you drive an electric car. What are you going to do? Ride a bicycle? Yeah, 50 you know, miles. Yeah, just too many ifs. Yeah, yeah. well, you'll be yes, the healthiest son of gun. You'll either be healthy or dead. <laughs> so I can see both sides of it. Uh, yeah. But even solar, why don't they? Arizona has more sunshine than any, any place in the country, even Florida. Florida is known as a sunshine yeah. state. I don't know why, but because Arizona's got them beat from the last stuff that I got. And why can't you have a solar panel? I've seen these little cars on uh, some of the YouTube clips of solar cars. They look like little miniature spaceships or something like that. And they'll run up. They had a, I had a brother-in-law that built one in the school here in Tucson, Arizona. They built it. And they they ran a light. car, the automotive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, they're ugly. They have no room. They're not practical, but they're still running on solar, which says it can be done. And well, it has to look, be the efficiency of the solar panels. The efficiency of the solar panels, like they we learned exactly. from the space programs. That's the big one. Yep. They used to run nuclear yep. reactors in the old space shots. They they were a thermal pile, thermocouples that were heated up by a small nuclear reactor. And that's how they got their electricity, wow. to keep their le- electronics wow. working. Well, I think so, that's great. Anyway, I, I just wanted to throw that in this morning. Oh, I, th- I think it's perfect information. It goes right along with the program. Thank you very, very much, Vic. Appreciate it. Have a good weekend. Oh, all right. Oh. All right. Wow. Hey, Jim. Yes. (laughs) What do you think? Uh, Well, the reason why we don't have nuclear reactors today, or we're getting out of them, is because people have this this perception that they're bad. And the the regulations today to build a a nuclear reactor is so incredibly difficult that it can't be done. There's many sites that have half started. In fact, in California, there's lots of sites that were started reactors and they just went away because they just they couldn't make it. They can't they can't afford to do it with uh with all the regulations that come into play. And as far as the, yeah. the waste fuel out of a nuclear reactor, um yeah, there is. Um I think it's gonna be just as bad with lithium batteries, but until somebody figures out what to do with those, um so that we could be mm-hmm. you know that could be a, a mix mix. Um your your propane um issue um this is what I was told. Propane is not a self a self uh fueling system. So for example, we go to the gas station and we got taught this in the seventies, at least I did, when when I stood in gas lines. Um there used to be the gas attendant come out and fill your car and in the seventies when the embargoes came and there was no more gas attendants, you filled your own car. Oh, yeah. 
It's a pretty safe. I, I remember that. You know. Yeah, so do I. Uh, tells our age, Jerry. We we have been a lot through a lot. We have a lot of wisdom. Um, but but filling filling your car is, is fair. You know, I mean, it's, there is some risk, but it's pretty minimal. We we do it every millions of times a day. Um, you know, everybody puts. You know, even kids can put the gas nozzle in the car and and get get it fueled up, right? Not so much with propane. Right. You got to know how to put it on. You got to know how to vent it. You got to know how to fuel it. You got to watch to make sure you don't. You know, it's very cold. It could burn. You can get a you know basically a frostbite or a freezer burn from it. You could overpressure the tank. Um, okay, is the tank properly? Is the tank had it been inspected? There's a a million. There's a lot of things that go on, and there was a big rash of like propane cylinders. You know, uh, gas grill propane cylinders exploding because they were overfilled or they weren't done right or they were out of service. So then so then that's how propane became less attractive. It's a great fuel. Like you said, it's a little lower power, but it doesn't there's no you can't just roll up to the gas station and get propane. Somebody has to come help you. And because we're a very instantaneous consumer driven uh nation, I don't I mean we wait 30 minutes for electric, but at least Absolutely. I can plug the charger in. But I don't want to wait 30 minutes for the propane. Um, but the, right. to follow up on your on your comment about the Tesla mapping system, you're correct. Tesla has a mapping system, and you can, if if all the planets are in alignment, drive from Texas, El Paso, to Phoenix and charge every single – there's charging stations all the way, and you can make it in a Tesla. No problem. Except if the charger is broke. So what happens? Um, <laughs> what happens is, and I know this because I'm in the towing industry. Um, what happens is, is um, when you put a gas nozzle in a gas tank, um, even the capless ones, you just, you know, you just pick, take, you take the nozzle and you just stuff it in there, right? And then you pull the handle and you set the little lock and when it when it fills up, it kicks it off for you and you pull it out and you put it away and you're done. Well, when you put an electric, when you put that plug in the electric charger, you got to get it lined up right. And sometimes people don't do that correctly, so they bend the prongs or they the plug gets wore out from multiple uses because it has to be an electrical mm-hmm. connection. So it has to be perfect every single time. Mm-hmm. Or they do what happens mm-hmm. with the gas pump. They drive away with it still attached to the car. Or they run it over. I've seen them just ran over. The the, the charger just flattened because somebody <laughs> ran over it. <laughs> so... Unfortunately, the map does not tell you if the charger's out of service. So when you're broke down in Lordsburg, New Mexico, and the next charger is Tucson, Arizona, and that's 153 miles, and you have the, on your little gauge, it tells you how many miles you have left. I can go 41 miles. 153 is a lot more than 40. So by almost by the wow. tune of four. So now you have to call the tow truck who has to come down and pick you up and haul you to this charger so you can charge up so you can continue on your journey. That's a lot more expensive than putting gas in your car. Now, I, I, I'm, I'm assured that, that there are more chargers on the way, you know, so maybe the, the broken charging station scenario will be lessened. But, I mean, you roll up to a QT, for example, I only use them because they're, they're, mm-hmm. they have big stations today. What is there, 24 gas pumps? There's 24 gas pumps, and generally it's three quarters away full most of the time. So there's, you know, there's 20, 18 to 20 people fueling at any given time. So you, 
If, yeah. if electric cars are going to move into the realm of gas cars, you're going to need to have 24 charging stations or, well, or more because everybody's going to be there for 30 minutes. So you're going to need 50 charging stations, um, and you're going to need to be able to ha- warehouse those cars for 30 to 40 minutes. Um, while while we charge, you know, so are we going right. to, I mean, is, hey. it, is it going to go to the gas lines? You know, we're going to wait in line for the charging station. Are we all going to back up and be in line for the charging station? Well, of course it, we are. Uh, it's, yeah. it's not yeah. going to be like the drive-thru at McDonald's uh, where you just plug in for five minutes and go. It doesn't, it's not going to work like that. So, um, yeah. there's, a, there's a lot of hurdles left that, that need to be addressed. And we we're feeling our way through this. Sure. It, it looks sure. you you nailed it right on the head, Jerry. It looks great on paper, but you know there's a lot of things that people haven't encountered because we just haven't run across them yet. And the cost- hey, hang hang on a second, Jim. Hang on, buddy. All right, I forgot. I've got two more four packs of tickets for the NASCAR race tonight at Tucson Speedway for callers number two and three. Callers number two and three seven one nine fourteen ninety. 719-1490. I've got two more four packs of tickets for the Tucson Speedway tonight. That means that you get you can take yourself and three other people with you with one pack of tickets. So for callers number two and three at 719-1490. Okay, Jim. Oh, another thing I need to get out of the way. I got I got a bunch of advertisers that I need to get before I run out of time here. This this two hours is flying by. Lynn's Auto Brokerage dot com for used vehicles, pre-owned vehicles, or brand new vehicles. LensAutoBrokerage.com. Brian said just take them to the website. And they also DesertRVCenter.com. DesertRVCenter.com. Parker Automotive. I've been talking about him all morning. 323-1960. Ryan or Scott will take care of you. They're at 5101 East Speedway. Been in business for 25-plus, probably more close to 30 years now. They have shuttle service, pickup and delivery, online scheduling, absolute ASA technicians, uh, and they're open from 7.30 to 5.30, Monday through Thursday, Friday, 7.30 to 5 o'clock. I don't know of anybody open Monday, so heads up. They work on all makes and models, including Volvos and Subarus. ParkerAutoAZ.com. ParkerAutoAZ.com, excellent place of business. We take you back now to uh, automotive specialist. I've already said he's got 30 off on a motor vac engine cleaning, and that'll help you uh, your car run like it's supposed to. It seals it back up, and that runs uh, through the 30th of September, starting Monday or Tuesday, and it runs through the 30th of September. Just tell him that you heard it on the Simmons Car Care Show, and then Brian will know what he said, because <laughs> he said it, not me. All right, now let's go on with the program. Merrill's Automotive, hang on, Merrill's Automotive, they've got rotor service at 13 West Ajo. Uh, rotors, drums, and flywheels are open on Saturday to service those for you in the little machine shop. Of course, they've got uh, 10 locations in Tucson at MerrillsAuto.com. And that will give you the out-of-state addresses in the different uh, parts of the of Arizona. And, of course, my old buddy that's on the other end of this phone here, Frontier Towing, 748-1100, just write that number down. 
because if you haven't figured out by now, he knows exactly what he's doing out there with the towing industry, and he is a wealth of information. You can actually call him and ask him a question, and he'll give you an answer. All right, Jimbo, let's go back to where we were at now, bud. Well, we forgot Simmons Automotive. remember? Yeah, I remember. Oh, Simmons Automotive. We forgot Simmons Automotive. (laughs) Yeah, well, you know, Simmons Automotive, 884-217. We are closed Monday, uh, open Monday through Friday, 7 to 5, shuttle service uh, provided. You can schedule online at SimmonsAutoRepair.com. Um, and we, we have 10 guys. We have a drive shaft division and it opens at eight o'clock and it runs through eight to five Monday through Friday. We do have the high tech automotive drive shaft building facility. One of, one of, one of them that probably is high tech as anything in the state of Arizona. So we do the modifications of drive shafts. We do aluminum drive shafts. We do conversions from aluminum to steel or steel to aluminum. We can go both directions. Uh, and we do drive axle repairs. Uh, we do farm implements, PTO, all of that stuff. So all of it's under one roof. We are a specialty shop, drive shaft specialist at Simmons Auto. Eight eight four zero two one seven. We can take care of whatever problem you've got with drive shafts. If we can't fix it, that's probably because there's no fix available. All right, let's go. I'm done now. Let's go. We we got it in in the same hour. That's great. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, it's um yeah yeah. If somebody wants to call me, I'll be happy to ask questions. But by the way, we are we get to work on Monday, Jerry. Uh, towing never stops. We get to work today, tomorrow, and Monday. So. But hopefully Monday will be a light That's day. That's so good. Nobody will be in any wreck. So, but yeah, we're out there. Every every comes to work. We all go to work. Everybody comes to the shop. What we, uh, hopefully we're gonna have a barbecue. Don't you go twenty four seven. Twenty four seven. Yeah. Twenty four seven. Twenty four seven. And there's always a and there's always a live person on the other end when we call. God, we hope so. <laughs> Yes, I pay people to be there on the phone. Um, they're, they're not. They're not. Okay. Sometimes they're, all right. They're 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 good. They're all good people. They they you know they all have their own humor. So you catch them in the middle of the night, you might you might have an interesting conversation just because. Uh, if you want to talk politics, you call Monday. You call Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. And you can have the political conversation. That's when the political guy's on. So. <laughs> Well, we we we're not get we didn't get political here today at all. You know the information well, I regurgitated out about the electric vehicles. I thought that was fascinating, and and so hopefully you learn something, especially with the people that's on the fence. Do I buy a hybrid or do I buy a straight electric? And far as electric and uh, medium duty vehicles, those small vehicles like pickups, Ford's got one. It's out in 2022. It's fully electric. I have not electric. been able to get a price on it, but you bet your butt it's not going to be the same price as an F-150 with Echo Boost in it. So, I mean, that's no. just that because somebody's got to pay for the technology and all of this stuff being in it, and it's built into these vehicles. As we go on through electric vehicles, the price on electric vehicles will probably stabilize or they won't get any higher. 
because it's going to be supply and demand. And there's still a bunch of questions that people have that's not answered on electric vehicles like we have discussed and like research has shown me. There's a lot of stuff to consider, but you just need to pay attention. If you like the fact that you're running a hybrid and you're getting 45 miles per gallon, uh, that's good. Don't forget to service your gasoline motor that's in that hybrid, and then you should be good to go. You know, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of a lot of it I'd call common sense, but if it's truly common sense, everybody would have it, including Jim. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I lost. My <laughs> you know, I do have a question for you though, Jerry. Um, so as oh, we as we, we approach the electric car scene. Um, Obviously, uh-huh. automotive maintenance is going to change. Um, the, yep. uh, there, there's going to be. I, I'm, I'm a little confused at how how a small repair shop's going to going to stay in business doing brakes, because I'm thinking that probably electric motors for the drive motors are going to be proprietary mm-hmm. or limited by you know the OEMs and. And of course, you know they're going to all use different ones, just like there's different motors in cars. Uh-huh. Plus, plus, uh, sure. you know, uh, their brakes may be, you know, serviceable, but other than that, air, the air conditioner is going to be electric. So, servicing of the AC system is going to require different different technologies. If if the car is the car going, to, if the car doesn't run, are you going to be able to check it? Obviously, there's no cooling system per se. Um, uh, there's a lot of little things, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a wiring, I guess is, is going to be the main thing. I could see wiring and connections as Brian pointed out to me. Um, Brian from automotive specialist says he pointed out to me, the connections are critical mm-hmm. on these things. So I could see wiring, mm-hmm. um, maintenance being, uh, being a new, a new topic or a new, uh, part of the trade. Um, something that's really challenging for shops because, you know, you've got 8,000 wires and you're trying to chase them down and it takes a long time, even with schematics. I mean, how do you, mm-hmm. how do you guys see changing into the electric world? How, how, do, how What's your guys' program? They, well, one, it's no different really than when we went high-tech with cars, okay? You have different analyzers that are designed to go into the OBD2 connection that uh, will give you a starting point with a code or something like that. That's That come in and we go, oh, my God, what are we going to do now? Same thing when we went from carburation over to fuel injection. I had garage owners are going, oh, my God, the world's come to an end. We've got to go from carburetor. It's a proven uh, factor on the top of a combustion engine. Now we're going to do electronic injections and all of this. And it actually turned out to be, less of a headache than the carburetors were. And so we just take everything with a grain of salt. Are you going to have to train for it? You bet your butt you're going to have to train for it. But it's my understanding that, like on a Tesla, their diagnostic system is almost perfect. And you go, you read. It'll tell you what where the problem is, and it'll give you a circuit and, and highlight it. That was my understanding. Now, for the Tesla dealers out there, the people that work on Teslas, you can jump in anytime you want to at 719-1490, or you can do it next week, and we'll jump right in it. But, um, no, uh, I'm not afraid of it. Uh, I don't. Most of the garages, Parker's not afraid of it. Brian's not afraid of it. 
We've already had our brains beat out with everything we've <laughs> I've been in 45 years. You would not believe what I've seen change in 45 years. And Parker, he's been in like 30 years. Brian's been doing it for about 30. Well, Brian's been working on them ever since he could. Uh, I think he was losing teeth when he first started working on farm tractors. But um, he's uh, he's well-versed on that stuff. And he is just like any professional repair facility. You have to have the equipment. You have to have trained technicians that's been to school to know how to work on this equipment or to apply this equipment to the automobile. But the diagnostics in these cars is a lot better than what we we used to have to say, okay, well, it's going chugga-chugga. Okay, good luck. And so then you go with that. But now you have it, oh, well, we've got a code. You pull a code. The code does not tell you what it is exactly. It shows you where the problem is at the time the code was set and what the code is picked up. It could be something as simple as it's out operating out of parameters. Electronics is electronics. And so, therefore, it doesn't really scare anybody. Will it take longer? Probably, because it's all electric. And so, you know, there's, there's you know, electric car motors has been around forever. They've been around since before the 1900s. England had the first one. So electric motors, yeah, we'll deal with it. You know, look at your big trains. The big trains are run with a diesel charging system and electric motors on the wheels. That's how they move these big loads. They're more powerful. So I think it has a future. Uh, I don't think it's going to stall too many people. Yeah, you're going to have uh, smaller independents that say, I'm not going to school with that. The guy's been in business 50 years. He's going to get out. Nah, I'm not going to deal with it. I'm not going to deal with it. But you've got to remember, electric cars, uh, the last thing, last uh, vision or projection I got on electric cars, they're not going to replace everything. They're looking to replace the uh, combustion engine by 2065. Well, people, you know, this may be my farewell speech, but uh, I probably won't be around in 2065. That's a long way from now. That would be a so, that point. I'm not going to be working on cars then. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, it's it's something that we deal with on a regular basis. Automotive is changing every second. Uh, you can't even take the same models of the same year and have it to be the same way because somewhere along mid-year, somebody's changed something or changed it within 30 days, and then you get this little notification that says, oh, we got a recall. Oh, we got a technical service bulletin. Oh, uh, replace this with an updated part, part number, blah, 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 blah. That stuff's going on all the time. So we have had the crap already scared out of us. And I don't, for the independence that's been around, Michael tell you this, Brian will tell you this, there ain't nothing the automotive industry can't. Automotive industry creates it, they put it out there, hopefully we can get the information that we can uh, train on and go to and fix it. And that's what we do. And so, no, I'm not afraid of it. You know, it's just, it's just another vehicle. It's got four tires on it. Does not have a combustion engine, but it has an electric engine. Okay, fine. Most of us have electric tools. Most of, like you said one time, the more you crank a car up to run 100 miles an hour, the more you crank an electric vehicle up to run 100 miles an hour on a freeway, the less power you're going to have when you get to where you're going. 
the less power, the more power it's going to take to move the load at that speed. It's just like operating a hand drill. You operate it, just bump it, bump it, and it does the job. <coughs> you grab a hold of that trigger and pull it down and hang on to it for about 30 minutes. You're not going to have any power left in your battery. So that's basically the same thing. Battery technology is getting better. And that, that's my hope for the electric vehicle, because that is the problem right now with the electric vehicle and the mileage that's involved in it. So the bigger the battery packs, hey, it's just like a high-performance battery pack for, for an impact wrench. The bigger the battery, the more powerful the battery, the longer the battery operates at the optimum. The smaller the car, the smaller the batteries, the smaller the operation window is. So I don't have any problem with that. Do you, Jim? No, I, I no, I don't have a problem with that. I was just uh, I was just thinking, you know, that um, it, like like you, you explained that you have difficulties with um, OEMs getting information. I didn't know if, if this if these new manufacturers like Tesla were going to be more proprietary, but. That's, that's, uh, I'm glad you guys well, are, I'm glad you guys have thought about this and 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 have re- and realized that. It's, oh, it's uh, part of the industry it's just, coming. It's just another deal. It's it, it, okay. It's ABS. Yep. It's just another deal. Yeah, well, bring it on. We'll take it on. And that's great. That's great to know. I mean, that's how we have to treat it. It's just a car. So. All right. Buddy. Anyway, Jerry. All right. Jim, thank you for being on, buddy. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Good Jerry. Good show. Good show. Good information. All right, we're out of time for this hour. Until next week, God bless. Uh, thanks for listening to the Simmons Car Care Shop Talk Show here on ESPN Tucson. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Have a safe week.